Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Hey, you're listening to We Do Recover. Episode 93 is about to go about to go down. I am joined by a whole crew of people today. <laughs> Holy cow, I got a bunch of people in the studio here with me. Uh, I'm excited for, for episode 93. Uh, let me introduce the people that I got here with me. So we have Al, Al Richards. Hello. With, he also does a podcast. It's called The Other Side of Addiction. He brought me in a t-shirt. We're both sporting the, the t-shirts. And uh, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Love me a good Well, team. I had to pay you back for the t-shirt you brought me when you came on my show. So Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. forward. Then we have his beautiful wife, Janan Richards. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. I'm so excited that you're on here. A lot of the topic today is going to involve you, so I'm glad right. that you're here in person. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have my beautiful wife, Mandy. Hi. Hello. AKA our fill-in co-host hey. when Dr. Sellers is out of town. <laughs> apparently. That's a new yeah, thing. apparently. <laughs> she earned her stripes when we did the uh, uh, treatment talk, and she came up with some really good questions. So I'm like, she's a staple now, you know? Gotta keep go. her. Yeah. Gotta keep her. <laughs> and she's easy on the eyes, which is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of eyes, if you're watching the video version of this, yes, I have a black eye. However, Mandy didn't punch me, and I didn't get in a fight. Although, if I could punch you that hard, we probably wouldn't have very many fights. That's right, because I would just yeah. run. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. She probably wouldn't be a guest co-host I either, got, right? Probably. I thought you got punched because of that mustache. <laughs> I punched the you mustache. The mustache looks great. Uh-huh. Mandy loves the mustache. <laughs> I do, she I wouldn't do love let, it. She uh, wouldn't let me shave it, man. It's so good. So, uh, so yeah, I got. I actually wrecked a dirt bike. Long story. We're not going to get into it, but <laughs> it, was, it was pretty gnarly. What we usually start off with, hold on, pause. Okay. Episode 93, part one is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. Reach out by calling them at 801-800-8142 or go to their website. Their website is stepsrc.com. You can live chat with an intake coordinator. Uh, Steps has detox, in, detox, inpatient, outpatient, aftercare, they really are your first and last stop. They're everything you need. So we appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. We also, I'm going to start off with the new and goods. I never yeah. do this, but I'm just going to do it because it rolls in. good. It rolls into our next sponsorship mention. So me and Mandy started, uh, man, we've been working on it for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Idea was probably about a year ago. Been working real hard for the last six months on Rise Up Supplements. So we have started... Rise Up Supplements, and we have two products. Our first product is Mindful Mood. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. It is a nootropic, right? So it's, it's going to affect the brain. The other one that we have is called Mind Shift, and that's to help um, increase focus and optimize brain function. So that's going to be like your, you know, somebody that has a hard time paying attention, maybe a little ADHD type, right? So both those products are now on our website. Our website is riseupsups.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S dot C-O-M. Sweet. Yeah. That's my new and good. That is. That's a great new and good. Let's go to Al. Al, what is new and good? What's positive going on in your life? Oh, my gosh. So many, so many cool things. You know, you've been a guest on the podcast it's just taken off. It's doing really, really well. We've had a lot of people throw our name out there. We're getting some really cool guests. Um, 
want to say right here with my wife next to me, she just hit 20 months sober. Congratulations, Janine. Yeah, thank you. But, you know, it's taken long, hard road, yep. you know, to get there and, and a lot of hard work on, on her side. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how the whole podcast got started, right? That That's the reason why it got started jazz. And that's why it's her. called the other side of addiction, because it's yes. from a family's perspective, mm-hmm. which you have guests come on, like I came on and tell their story as well. But it's also predominantly like from your perspective of going through this as her husband. Yes. Right. My, yes. my, yeah. Is that all correct? No, yep. you're nailing it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so it's uh, just life is really good right now. You know, she was finally able to get a job, which those who suffer addiction and have a background, I'm sure that they've gone through it as well. She's been let go of two jobs because the background comes back and they see it, and which is something that I want to change. Yeah, I think it's, it's tough, man. Bull crap because you got to give somebody an opportunity. Matter of fact, a lot the guys that I work with now, everyone I work with is in recovery. Sweet. Which is real cool. I'm the only guy that's there that's not in recovery. Everyone else is. And, and it's really, it's just really cool to be around these guys. You're kind you know? of in recovery, though. I yeah, feel like we yeah, all are yeah, in recovery in our yeah. own ways, yeah, yeah, right? Point. Well, yeah, that's the way to be. <laughs> Whether you're in recovery from... don't get into recovery, but yeah. yeah. Depression. We should all be in recovery at some point. Anxiety. Of some kind. Divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gambling. I mean, come on, you know? Yeah. There's people out there that are fast food addicts. Uh, well, yeah, all oh. of us are phone. Oh, right? yeah. Every oh, yeah, single yeah. one of us, I think, yeah. are, are addicted to our phones. But I get what you're saying. Substance abuse specifically. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's You work with all yeah. those. Thanks, man. I appreciate you checking in. Let's go to Janan. Janan, oh, no. what is new and good in your world? <laughs> oh, um, well, I finally, the other day, and I was at work, I guess it was last week and this all started again. Um, <laughs> we this. I was listening to, or I saw on my Facebook page, this lady named Rachel Santizo. Mm. She is working with USARA right now. She's started with them recently, and she just got her certificate certificate for... Peer support, right? Yeah. PSA, peer support specialist. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And so, um, and which is required for USARA. And I have been struggling since I got sober figuring out what I want to do with my life, you know, cause I've done accounting for almost 20 years and, um, it's always been my thing. That's, you know, I love working with members. I'm passionate about it, but, um, Alan, I talked, as soon as I saw that post, I was like, the feeling came back to me again, yeah. that I'm not doing anything for anybody, mm. you know? And, um, so Alan and I were talking about that over the weekend and I made the decision that I was going to go get that certification too and then you know hope for somebody to hire me in that that kind of field so yeah you know and then i'll be giving back and yeah doing what i was meant to be doing in this life absolutely yeah turning around and helping the next person right that's awesome yeah and there's a lot of facilities that you could be a technician peer Mm -hmm. support specialist case manager i mean yeah yeah yep tons of opportunity out there yeah thank you appreciate checking yeah all right babe What's new and good? What's this thing that I that's shiny? There's there's something shiny on your face. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> my new and good, I went and got my nose pierced yesterday. Something I wanted to do for for a long time since I was a teenager, you know. We get done but. and she's like, You made my teen dream heart. come true. Teen <laughs> yeah. So we made those dreams come true. 
So yeah, that was pretty pretty fun. That is, yeah, it was fun. I have a video of it. I didn't. Do I don't really? post. People are like, you post everything on social media. No, okay. If I posted half the stuff that I, you know, but yeah, I got a, a cute little video of it. It was pretty fun. I got to ask went. a question. Did it make your eyes water? A little bit. Did it really? Uh-huh. Okay. The I've lady wondered that. The lady was, was so good, good though. She was. she was like fast. It, like I swear, it was almost like she had a dart and she was just like, and it was through and done. Holy cow! No yeah. hesitation. Just boom. Mm-hmm. It was, Cool. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So that's my Anything else? Well, Sorry, I kind of set you up. No, on you're that good. One. School started and th- we're getting back in the groove. So that's been good. Um, Fridays are half days, which are, is the best. Yeah, because yeah, you can come hang out with me on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but also because we get to send the kids home early. Oh, that so, too. Yeah. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. Get a, whole, get a day of school in and then send them home. Nice. Yeah. So we're about 10 minutes into this thing. We better get started. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. So, Janan, Al, thank you for coming on. Thank you Where for having Where does your guys' story start and who wants to go first? That's Al. I knew she was going to point at me. We did, ti- <laughs> we did title this How Addiction Affects the Family, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to get, I'm glad that Janan's on here, but I, we have people come on and share their stories all the time. Very rarely do we have family members come on that share from their perspective. And I love that she's here too, right? Because she mm-hmm. shows that she supports you sharing. Yeah. Which didn't happen that way when I first started my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was ticked. You know, she's like, you're just here to make me look like crap. And then one day she was able to come into the studio and watch one of the shows. And on the way home, she's like, don't stop. You just, just keep doing what you're doing. I had yep. no clue that's what this was all about. But uh, to get up. Well, I thought that's, that, that's so cool. I yeah. believe, you know, and as most people do, is you have your own story to tell and... I felt like he was going to be telling my story to other mm. people, and I didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be able to get to the point where I felt comfortable telling my story totally. to people, and I didn't want him to focus on me right. and his story. I wanted him to be able to tell his own story, which he has been able to do. And can I just say, when we're in early recovery, we're kind of like we don't want people to know, yeah, right? Because we feel guilty, we feel shame, we feel... Like we've let a lot of people down. That's mm-hmm. heavy. That's tough. Yeah. However, I think through your podcast and having her be a part of it, I can. She's here today. Yeah. yeah. Telling her story, like she's come yeah. out of that. And I also got to say, I listened to the episode you guys did together. And Janan, you are so much more clear-headed today than Hell you yes. were on that episode. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be fun. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Al. Go ahead. So, you know, and and you just you just said two words: the pain and the shame. Mm. And I don't think a lot of us on the other side of the addiction feel that same thing or realize that we are feeling the same thing because we are. I felt a lot of pain and a lot of shame. Pain for one thing is as being her husband and not being able to protect her Mm. because that's what we want to do, right? We want to protect our wives. We want to protect our family. And that was so hard for me, not being able to get her to stop. That's why I argued with one of her therapists when she was going to Phoenix. You know, she says, Al, there's nothing you can do. I says, you want to make a bet? You watch me. Mm. I tried the same things over and over and over with the same results. Nothing was happening. And then also the shame because I didn't handle things the right way. I was so angry with her with a lot of stuff that was going on, blamed her for everything that was happening in our lives not realizing I was being part of the problem as well. And it's just because I didn't know how to handle it. 
And I believe a lot of us on the other side of the addiction, those are the mistakes that we make. You know, people come up and they're like, I had people come up and tell me, oh, you got to give her the tough love, tough love. Tell her to get the hell out and do this and do that. And I'm like, all right, gave that a shot. Didn't work. Mm -mm. You know, I got down on my knees. I begged her. I bawled. I cried. I just, that didn't work. And if, I, I like to say for me, wanting to help her and not understanding addiction be like me trying to be a doctor and tell you that there's something <laughs> wrong with you. Right. You know, I mean, basically that's how it is. People who are on the other side, if they've not had a loved one that's battling addiction, they don't know what it's like. Just yeah. like I don't know what it's like to be an addict. I'm sure Janan can attest to this. I can't tell you how many times I heard, just stop. Oh, yeah. oh, you got to just stop. You just don't yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that Listen, that sounds really easy. Right. And I mean, ultimately, that is the solution. But mm -hmm. you're talking about a mountain on one side, a valley and a mountain on the other side. And you're telling me that I got to make that jump. There's mm -hmm. no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, use that. And he also just used to always say, you have a choice. Just make the choice not to drink. And I'm like. Well, we have a choice. We have a choice at first. Not very long. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. It's a disease of choice, actually. Right. Yeah. 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 So, Janan, we're talking about you. Mm -hmm. I feel like we haven't really painted a clear picture, though. What is it you struggled with for how long and how long you've been in recovery now? Um, it was alcohol. And I can't really tell you how long it was, but I would say it started really in 2009. I've drank since I was 15 years old, but it's never been a problem. So you were a social drinker. Right. And then it became alcoholism around 2009. Yeah. What happened was, around 2009? Um, we got married. Whole, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You have to say that because that's really what happened. But it was um, one thing after the other, uh, Al... He lost his job a month after we were together. And see, before him, I had never been married. The guys that I was with um, never treated me like I was good enough for anything. And I always, I was engaged probably three or four times. Mm. Never got married because they always ended the engagement. Um, so I thought there was something wrong with me. And so when I met Al, it was like, my dream come true, pretty much, you know? And um, so we got married, and then I was like, finally, I don't have to take care of my kids by myself anymore. I don't have to pay all the bills by myself anymore. Well, then he loses his job a month and a half later, and... After being there 24 years. Yeah. That's and why when, she thought it was pretty stable. And when he stable. loses his sure. job, he comes home one day, and he's he tells me he's sick. So for three days, he's telling me he's sick. And in actuality, he lost his job. And finally, I'm like, this is not Al. Al is not somebody that's sick. Mm -hmm. If he gets sick, he'll still go to work. He works hard and everything. So finally, I said, what is going on? What is really going on? And, um, he told me that he got tested at work, and it came back with a bad UA for cocaine, mm. um, which he was... Uh, Social cocaine user and drinker. Yeah, I weekend guess. weekend thing. Friday yeah. and Saturday. Weekend and, warrior. Uh, Friday, well, Saturday only. When we first Friday. got married, um, or first got together, 
we had a discussion about that and I said, I don't want you doing cocaine. If you're going to do it, then we're not going to be together because my dad died of a heroin overdose. And so all those, I used to think, oh, I will do alcohol. That's it. None of the other stuff. That's right. too much. Right. I love and, when people say just alcohol. Yeah. I just have an alcohol problem. I know. And see, that's what I was saying to myself. And that's what <laughs> one, I believe. One of the two substances it's the, it's on the worst this planet for you. Yes. that can yes. kill you yes. when you're detoxing yes. oh, yeah. is alcohol. Yes. Yeah. And back then I didn't believe that. You know, I didn't know that because um, I wasn't in the recovery rule. I didn't know anything about it. And so I thought, you know, it's legal. So that's the only thing I'm ever going to do. You and know? it is. And, and it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. And so, um, but then I realized later, of course. And so um, I started that he lied to me for a year about still doing cocaine. And so that, that was part of what started it. And then um, my dad died of a heroin overdose uh, uh, another two, month later. Two months after, right? Yeah. got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wow, yeah. I'm sorry. And so then we, he had, he had lost his job, so he lost. I couldn't pay for the house and everything else with my income, and so we lost the house eventually, like in 2011. 2010, 2011. And it just kept we, getting worse. We used all my retirement time. to work on saving the house. And, right. Yeah. So um, it's safe to it, say it was a culmination of a lot of things. Yes. Oh yeah. And then a in 2014, I started drinking daily. So that's really, for me, that's really the time that I, it just went way too far. Yeah. 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 Which is understandable because you literally went from, oh, this is a dream come true. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Yeah. To dad passing away, Al losing his job, feeling some resentment because he lied to you, mm -hmm. right? Losing the I house. Mean, falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything's yep. coming, yeah. coming yeah. unraveled. It, it imploded really, really, really quick. You know, and, and. What was crazy is even after that time, we would still have parties, you know, and we, we had invited friends and family over, not like huge blowout parties, but maybe five, six people. And we'd sit down, have drinks, <clears throat> play cards, go out in the garage. I had the garage set up like real nice man cave TV, stereo speakers all over, dartboard, refrigerator full of booze. You know, it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Your own little and, bachelor garage. Oh, little bachelor yeah. place. Well, she used to say I spent more time in the garage than I did with her, you know, because <laughs> I was always out there piddling with things. But, um, that was you know, I knew he was doing stuff too. I, <laughs> I started, I started noticing a change in her, you know, instead of doing like a jello shot and just mixing a drink. Yeah. I didn't mix anymore. I, she stopped mixing. Yeah. It was grabbing the bottle and yeah. just, and I'm like, there's something. There's was, something changing. She was drinking with a purpose. Yeah. A purpose. Yeah. And it's crazy because I took that time after I lost my job to go, okay, I'm not going to work for corporate America ever again. And I need to figure out who I am because I thought I was a pretty good person. And the more I started thinking about it, I'm like, I'm not the person who I really want to be. And because of the drinking and stuff on the weekends, I was at 198 pounds. I mean, I'd weighed more than I have ever weighed in my whole life and stopped being physical and being active. And Yeah, you didn't and, look like the, the, there was none of this stuff going yeah, on. there was none of that stuff. None of those ripping muscles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, anyway, I just started noticing a change, and then it got to where I would start confronting her, going, what the hell's going on? And then she'd get defensive. Mm. And... She never used to go out in the garage. 
and pretty soon I noticed she'd start going out in the garage. And I'm like, okay, now this is weird too. This is not her. Behavior is starting to change. So one day I snuck out there and caught her, and she's fiddling around out in the garage. And I'm like, what the hell are you looking for? And she's like, nothing. And I go over there, and there's a pint. Sure. So now she's starting to hide it. And, and then I would I, go down into the laundry room, and yeah. on laundry days, I'd put the pints around the oh, washer yeah. and dryer so that I could hide it, and he wouldn't even know yeah. it. That's yeah. when the gaminess started. Yeah. yeah. Like the hiding yep. and the gaminess. Yep. Yeah, that's that's when I started noticing things that was really changing. And, and I had a, a buddy... Um, you know, Asians like their, their booze and they buy expensive booze. When, when they drink, they buy the good stuff. And he brought me, I had shoulder surgery and he bought, brought me over this bottle of brandy. I bet you he paid $80, $90 for this bottle. And I didn't want to open it because I was waiting for like a special occasion, whatever that special occasion was. Mm. Well, one day I decide I'm going to open it and I realize, why is it open? I know I didn't open it. And I'm looking at it and it still looks full. All right, well, this is weird. Go to pour me a drink, and I drink, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was all watered down. So Didn't she was taking down. stuff out of it and then putting water, sure. and it was a dark bottle, so you couldn't really tell, you know, and yeah. that's just kind of how things And I did that for years started, with his bottles. Yeah, started going, and these He are would things. hide his bottle somewhere in the house, and I would search all day yeah. long until I could find it. If, if I could, yeah, if she was good at pheasant hunting— because she could sniff out the booze. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it didn't matter where yeah. I put it. She could yeah. find it. I hear these stories all day. Yeah. Yeah, working as a substance abuse counselor. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like you struggled with alcoholism. Yeah. What you thinking, babe? Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Still processing. Yes. So at what point does it, do you both say, okay, enough's enough, and you start looking into treatment? Um, well, first time I went to treatment was 2011, um, and I did it for him, yeah. completely for him. Um, I didn't think I had a problem even then. Um, and then the first time I really went to treatment was in 2015, and Phoenix was the first place I went. And um, Can I no, stop you It for was Recovery Ways. Uh-huh. Oh, never mind. The Just first one I went to was Recovery Ways. Real quick, I'm interested in, for the listener out there... You just said, I still didn't think I had a problem. Yeah. Why did you not think you had a problem? Because I wasn't there yet. You know how in AA they talk about this got went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. I had never had any of those things go wrong. So I was I was doing okay. I was still working a full-time job, taking care of my kids, you know, doing taking everything. Taking care of that, me. Yeah, taking care <laughs> of him, yeah. doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. So I didn't have a problem. You know, um, when you woke up in the morning. If you didn't have a drink, would you shake? No, really? Because that didn't. Ha I didn't start drinking every day until 2014. So oh, this was before then. Got you. And then, um, so the first time I went to rehab, I didn't have to detox or anything because I was only drinking three times a week or something like that. Got you. Um, and then when I went in 2015, I had to go to a detox center before I went to rehab. That. I was at that point where I, there was, yeah. You'd get the DTs. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, that usually is a sign for people, right? And I hear what you're saying and it's pretty common. A lot of people think that, listen, I just drink a couple days a week, but what they fail to admit to is they drink till they black out. Yeah. Right. Or, or they drink in, oh. in, in excess. It's not one or two drinks. It's 
they're going and they're going hard until lights yep. go out. Yep. Typically, you know, people still need care when they're even in that stage, but to them, they don't get it, right? Because they're like, I haven't lost the job. I haven't lost the house. I haven't yep. lost the dog. I haven't lost the kids, exactly right? Like is. DCFS yep. isn't knocking at my door. And but, still manage life. Right. They yeah. think I'm still functioning. Yeah. yeah. Which, listen, that's a great time to actually get help, right? Yeah. Because it's hard to come back from rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the listeners out there and they haven't hit rock bottom, and this is kind of sounding familiar, get help. Because yeah. maybe you don't have to go to a 24-7 yep. hour RTC, you know, residential treatment center. You can start off in day treatment or yeah. IOP, a yeah. lower level of care. I you know? definitely, definitely say the same thing. Yeah. Cause I, I've said that many times. I wish yeah. I would have stopped when I started feeling like I needed to. Yeah. Because it did get, every time I got sober, it got harder and harder and harder. You know, just like the disease is pro progressive, you know, just every time I got drunk again, it was worse and worse and worse, you know. And so, and when we put together a little bit of time and we go back out, it's like, we're right back into it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd think that it would like it, maybe it took four years for you to get, wait, 2009, 2015 or 14, you said Four, 15, 15. Okay. So, you know, six years for you to get to that point. But every time after that, I'm sure you went right back to just as bad and just as often and just yeah, as Yeah, except for one. And yeah. that was this last time. Yeah. This has been awesome. Join us uh, after this 30-second commercial sponsorship mention for part two of episode 93. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back to part two, episode 93. Part two is brought to you by the Hilton Garden Inn. If you're coming to St. George, give them a Google search. They are awesome. Super clean, super nice, Hilton Garden Inn, St. George, Utah. So look them up. They're great. And I owe the Richards an apology because Al's coming, Al and his wife are coming down here for a summit and to be on the podcast, but I thought that they already had a room. So I didn't schedule them one. So we got to get that straightened <laughs> out, babe. Yeah, we got to call them. We're going to call the Hilton Garden yeah. Inn as soon as we get done in the studio and figure out if they got a room for them. They're very accommodating. I'm sure they'll work something out for us. I'll, I'll add to that. They're awesome people over there. They really are. Yeah. yeah we love those guys. Thanks for sponsoring this podcast. Yes. Sweet. So we basically left off with, went to the treatment the first time, didn't work. Um, and then pretty much for the next three years or so, I was in and out of treatment. Yeah. Um, in 2017, I had been sober for 13 months. And Al likes to say that, so we were at uh, one of those stay, stay ins or whatever, the Daily stay. No, I, I won a I won a hotel thing at a networking group, yeah. so it was like a stay vacation. We just cool. packed up and mm -hmm. 
it was only like 20 minutes away from our place, but yeah, you know, and, um, <laughs> I had been sober that long and towards the end of my sobriety of that, I decided to start using Coke with him mm. and, um, cause I wanted to feel the high too when he was drinking or whatever. And, um, so we were at this hotel and we were doing Coke and he went into the bathroom and he usually has his cup just sitting there. And I never even think about drinking it. He went into the bathroom and I don't know what came over me or what, but I grabbed a hold of it and took a drink. And as soon as he came out while I was doing that, he flips and just starts saying, you're like a vampire. You get a little bit and you can't stop. And, and he was pretty much right because shortly after that I was back to it again and, and worse. Um, in 2017, I got two DUIs within three months, and the first time I've ever been to jail, and I was 43 years old, and that was a shock because yeah, I've never been in jail, I've never been in trouble. It's and, a whole experience. And yeah, and I oh, thought, yeah. and Al was thinking, well, this will teach her, and she won't drink anymore because it's it's murder for me to be there because I'm on. Like we were talking earlier, um, depression, medic, anxiety medication, and they don't give you that when you're in jail. They give you what they think will help you, um, and it didn't help. So I cry every time I, I I don't even know how many times I've been to jail, but every time I do, I cry. I'm hysterical the whole time. Oh yeah, jail is not the place to be that way. Yeah, you know, because a bunch of tough chicks and guys and. Typically, that style of aversion therapy is uh, counterproductive, right? Yeah. Because yeah. It's, well, and it it's, was. It's a form it just of made trauma it worse. for some it people. It just made it worse, yep. So, Al, I got I to gotta kind of call you on the rug on something, man. Okay. Maybe at this point, you probably didn't know how to be a family member of somebody in recovery. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, so the knowledge that you've acquired today, you didn't have during this staycay. Right. Because I was going to say, somebody that's in recovery, typically you don't want to be having, you know. Oh, yeah, right. Cocaine in the right. hotel room yeah, and yeah, a couple right. of booze. And yeah. Well, I, I've even said before, I've shared on, on our show, and she was, she was sober during that time, but there was actually a time when she was in the depth of her addiction that I'm like, hell, I was so screwed up in the head, I'm willing to try anything just to get her off the damn booze. Mm. So you, so you, you know, thought that so, we call that cross addiction, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking so we'll give her some coke to get her give dry her from different. the booze, and then we'll yeah. wing her off the coke. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've even said that. How messed up is that? That is so messed up on my part. But again, now it just sounds like desperation. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. it was, it definitely Whatever was. You can try, and it, right? it only sounds messed up because you know better now, right? Back yeah. then, you don't know what you don't know. No, and and a lot of people. That's that's actually a pretty common theme for people to think. Okay, you know, I'll use substance X to get them off of substance Y, right? Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work, we'll try substance Z, right? What ends up happening, sadly, though, is we call it poly, poly addiction, right? Where they're addicted to multiple substances, and now you've compounded the problem. Yeah. So let that be a little education piece for the listener. Yeah. And a great sure. educational piece. Yes. Yeah, because basically for all you're sure. doing is pissing gas on the fire. Yeah. yeah. And eventually it's going to... But that's also, I think, a really good reason why, listen, if your loved one is an addict, if your loved one struggles with substance abuse, you have some work you need to do too mm -hmm. because you didn't cause it. You can't cure it, right? You, 
but you contribute. And how do you contribute? Maybe you contribute through ignorance, not knowing that having, you know, again, it's cocaine. It's not her drug of choice. But there's definitely some work that family members need to do to know how to help their loved one, especially in early recovery when they're Mm -hmm. so vulnerable. Yeah. Don't you think, babe? Oh, yeah. I mean, even just learning about addiction and how it works is going to help. And most people that have a loved one who is an active addiction, they have some form of codependency. Oh yeah. Right. That, yeah, that we've talked about that a few times. Codependency yep. typically for, for like you, Al, or the person, you know, of the, the addict that can't stop using, um, because you're scared. Mm-hmm. You're afraid they're going to die. You're afraid they're not going to come home. You're afraid that they'll never be able to get back to normal life. And that creates that codependency piece. Mm-hmm. Man, I thought that a lot, Yeah, a lot, you know, and, and again, that's where, a lot of the the pain and shame came in for me. You know, I got to the point where if I came home and she was so damn drunk, we'd end, I'd I'd blow up on her. I mean, I'm guilty oh, of yeah. it. I would just I would lose it. And then was she that would get because my you were face. high on cocaine though too. No, no, <laughs> that was because, <laughs> because I, I, I've seen some yeah. people on cocaine. It, yeah, it's not a oh after very nice after drug. he lost his job, he stopped doing right. Well, the yeah, cocaine, finally he didn't have the money. But then right? then yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just um, trying to be funny. I, yeah, I, I, no, I got and, it. And I'm glad, I, but I was never one of those type because that's why she never knew I was doing it because I wasn't one of those types that got all freaky. I could right. just do it and still act like we're acting right now. Go tinker in, the, know, it, in the man it cave. Never, it never, yeah, go tinker in the man cave. Yeah. So at least I'm doing something. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, it just. You'd get it super takes frustrated. You, it takes you down such a dark hole and. So many times I called the cops on her because I'm thinking, I'm going to call the cops on her. She's getting physical. She's getting abusive. I'll call the cops. They'll haul her to jail. I'll have some peace. Mm. <laughs> Did she'll, exactly she'll, that. She'll dry out. Did exactly that. Call the cops. Cops would come in, go through whatever they went through. Next thing you know, she's in handcuffs. She's gone. And then I'm going, okay, finally some peace. And then that subconscious starts kicking in and you're going, crap, man. I shouldn't have called the cops. That's my wife. Why did I call the cops on my wife? Yeah. I just watched her get in handcuffs. Why, why did I do this? Or there was times I just kicked her out thinking I'm going to have peace. I'd kick her out. Think, all right, peace. For about five minutes. Yeah. And then I'm like, why did I just do that? What if she comes across somebody that can grab her and throw her in their vehicle and go rape her, yeah. beat her? I mean, every time my phone called, every time my phone rang during those times, I could literally feel the blood just rush to the bottom of my feet going, what's this call going to be? Especially the ones that said unknown because mm. you knew it was the cops. And every time I saw that, I would just, my heart rate would just boom, oh, yeah. just start going like crazy. And I'm thinking they just found her raped or they just found her dead or something happened. She's got in a car accident. Car accident. Yeah, I've even got a story on that one uh, with a hotel, and and I sorry, I laugh, but it's not funny. I literally, I believe that, that night. We believe that tragedy plus time equals humor, so you can laugh. Yeah, yeah. we can laugh now. Right? We yeah. can laugh now. Just yeah. the stupid stuff I did. It just blows me away. Yeah. Do, do I have time to share that really quick? Yes, absolutely. Can we real fast though? Okay. Uh, ask Janan. So, what year? Did you, what, you're clean now. You have 20 months. Uh What was the final kicker? Like, what did it for you? Um, 
I definitely had to make that choice for myself without anybody else. But so I'll give you a little bit of backstory on that. So it was 2020, um, November, and I had been through every treatment center in Salt Lake pretty much, um, uh, including two state ones, which we don't even want to get into that because I'll talk forever. But um, You're talking about Medicaid facilities. Yes. State, yeah. Okay. Odyssey House. Yep. Um, yeah, we that. don't want to talk about those because my temper will rise too. So. Yeah. Let's <laughs> and, just don't um, then. I had just left Odyssey House actually the very first of November. And um, I had started drinking it again. Um, and by the probably halfway through November, um, I was out waiting for my sister at a subway down the street from our house. And I was drunk, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I kept going into the subway to go to the bathroom or whatever. They finally called the cops because there's this weirdos. And you're loitering at that point. Loitering at their house, yeah. I mean, at their place. So I got a drunken disorderly, and I went to the jail. I called everybody I could think of to get me out, and nobody would reply or answer. The first time I've ever spent a holiday in jail was that time. And I spent Thanksgiving. I couldn't get a hold of one person to talk to on Thanksgiving. And it was during the COVID, when COVID was really bad, so they kept you in your cell all the time. Oh, yeah. You had one hour out a day. So and so jail? I was going stir crazy. Um, and every time I go to jail, I have this moment with God. Mm-hmm. And this time it was different because, and he, he's heard me say that so many times before too. This, it, this time it was different, yeah. babe. I promise this is it. But um, so this time he was holding me. I felt him holding me and he was telling me, Janan, this is it. This is your last chance. If you start drinking again, you'll die. Mm. And I did what I always do. As soon as I got out, within two hours, I was drunk again. Mm. I drank for about a week and then um, I was so bad. I would... I've never gone into an alcoholic psychosis before, but I did this time. I was seeing things, hearing things. Um, I couldn't get up off the grass at our house. I just sat out there and smoked. I'd pass out for a little while and be up again. Sounds like take a true some of my body. Bottom. Yeah. And um, Al came out at one time and he said, are you ready to go to detox yet? And I said, no. And he came out about an hour later and he asked me again. And I said, yes, let's go. And so we went to LDS Hospital, and they wouldn't keep me because um, I had been there AMA so many times. Mm-hmm. And so they sent me over to VOA Detox. I don't know how many people have detoxed there, but it's not. They have no medical staff. It's a social detox. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so you get your prescriptions from the doctor for your whatever. T- you take Librium. And um, it's... The worst kind of detox you could ever have. They make you work while you're there. You know, when you detox, it's not something you you don't want to do anything, you know. And so um, I was out of there for in three days. Al wouldn't take me back. I called my daughter. She says, sure, I can come stay with her. The next day they tell me that I can't stay with them because I was on APMP, and that means they'll come and see me at their house, and they didn't want me them in my in their house so I called Al and I was desperate I'm like I have absolutely nowhere to go please let me stay one more time 
And he said, okay, I'll come and get you. He comes to get me and he, you know, lays it down right then. He's like, I will give you a place to stay. We're not getting back together and you drink at all, even a sip, you're out and that's it. And I, I won't worry where you're at. Sounds like a pretty fair boundary. Yeah, it was. And, um, I just stayed sober from there. Really? So it was pretty much on my own because, you know, the detox definitely didn't help and no rehab helped. But had you but, had you learned coping skills in those rehabs right, that's that you just exactly hadn't maybe what, applied, right. that you finally applied? That's, yes, okay. that's exactly that what it was. Yeah, apply said, them, right? That, that's why I say pretty much on my own was because I knew how to do it. Yeah. I just never chose to do it. But that time was like, I've had enough. I'm done. And I was done. I mean, Al can attest, I was, he looked at me and he saw nothing. He yeah. was seeing, like he was I, seeing right through she me. Was, she was pretty messed up when she even got out of detox and I went and picked her up. Yeah, she, it took me a while. I mean, I'm she's 10 years much. younger than me and she could, all she, when she walked, she was just shuffling her feet. Mm-hmm. And when she would try talking to me, it was just like. It didn't make any sense. It sounded like I was drunk pretty much. I'm like, what, what the heck? And she, she was getting frustrated because she couldn't carry on a conversation with me because I couldn't understand her. And um, that's you're getting wet brain at that point. Yeah. Right? When you're when you yeah. have uh, alcohol hallucinations, it's basically the your brain's not firing properly. Oh, yeah. So it's like somebody who, yeah, is in a is in a zombie mode. Yeah. Right. Like she they, was. they're not making sense. They their motor. What are the, those called? Your the motor, skills. motor skills aren't working properly. Right, it's, yeah. you're you're basically just like a zombie because you got wet brain. Yeah. Like yeah. your brain is so not it was firing a, properly. It was about a month after, and I was still in that state, and so he called his uncle and asked him if he would give me a blessing, and we went to his house and he gave me a blessing, and it's just like walking in their door to see the looks on their face, you could tell they were seeing death. Hmm. You know, there was just yeah. I just looked horrible, and um, but shortly after. Probably a day even. No, maybe. I think it was about three days. You started yeah. coming around. A few days after, I was, yeah. And that's Heading the thing. back in the right direction. The, the number one thing for this thing, it, it's time. Yeah. You've got to have a break from the substance in your body. Yes. Like there's just, that's just all there is to it. Yep. Al. Yes. Did you have something? No, go for it. How did all this affect you? And I apologize, I kind of cut you off. No, it's you, all good. You can tell the story. It's but, all good. But this had to have had some kind of effect on you, right? You're oh, so yeah. desperate for your wife to, you know, I'm sure that when she had those 13 months, that was probably a pretty good time. You felt like you'd gotten your wife back. Oh, hell, our relationship was better bef- before it was when we got married. I mean, seriously, our relationship yeah. was kick butt. I mean, it took about seven months of that 13 months to get there, mm-hmm. but... We were, we were awesome. I mean, we were having fun together. We were joking, laughing. We didn't take anything serious. You know, if somebody said something as jokingly back in the time, it was like, just flowing, you know, and now everything's just going good. And when she started hitting the bottle again, after that 13 months sober, like she said earlier, everything changed. And we said everything imploded in 2009 when we got married. Mm. This was worse. This was like a black hole. <clears throat> and I did my best to keep it from people. I didn't tell my family. I really didn't talk to a lot of friends. And then I slowly started just kind of saying a few things to coworkers. I was working for a chamber at the time. And um, 
did a lot of networking and, and people that know me, when I walk into a room, I'm full of energy. I'm hugging everybody and big smiles. I would walk into a room and I'd put this fake character on. Hmm. And people who know me started pulling me off the side going, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Why, what's going on? Why? What's, and they're like, nah, there's something off with you. you know. And I'm thinking I'm fooling everyone. I wasn't fooling anybody. I was fooling myself. And it just, it just, I had a guest tell me once I was addicted to her addiction. Oh, yeah. And he freaking nailed it. Yeah. Because I lived my life around her addiction. I might as well have been an alcoholic too, because that's exactly where I was. <clears throat> and it got so bad. Again, the word's codependent, right? Codependent, like, yeah. 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 And it got so bad. I was coming home from a networking um, event. And again, our messed up brains, how we think. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get my pistol. I'm going to go up in the mountains. I'm done. Cannot, Check out. I cannot come home to this crap anymore. And as I'm driving home, my phone rings. I gather my thoughts, answer the phone. And again, I wish I could. I don't remember who called me. I hung up the phone and my screenshot on my phone was of my two daughters and our three grandkids. Mm. And I see that picture and I'm thinking, you selfish SOB. I'm thinking about taking my life because of my wife's addiction and how unhappy. And I keep, I was the one that kept jumping on the hamster wheel with her. I didn't want to lose her, even though I filed divorce three times and canceled it three times. She, I knew she didn't have anyone, and I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be that support, and I didn't know how to be that support. I tried Al-Anon. I'm not knocking Al-Anon. I have an aunt that went to it. She loved it. It worked for her. It didn't work for me. I couldn't stand going to him. <clears throat> and... I was crying so hard. I, I pulled off the side of the road because I couldn't see the road. I'm just, I'm just bawling. And I'm like, something's got to change. Something mm -hmm. has freaking got to change. And that's when some things just kind of started moving in the, in the different direction. And she told, she told me once, and, and I share this in my talk sometimes, but um, I picked her up at Epic once for a little 24 hour stay She's telling me all this drama crap that happened at Epic and me being the good therapist that I am, knowing <laughs> addiction, I started talking to her, well, you should do this and you should try that and don't do this. And, and she finally said, can I ask you to just be quiet for a minute? And I said, yeah, okay, what? And she goes, for once, I wish you'd be my husband instead of my damn therapist. Mm. And I was like, that was like a kick in the crotch. I'm like, damn, <laughs> holy cow. Did you think I still got it? No, because I wasn't listening because I was so wrapped up with everything how else. How going to fix everything? Yeah, how I'm going to fix everything. That's a guy thing though, right? Well, yeah. 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 We, we want to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, especially with our wives, you know, I mean, we, we want to be there to protect them. And, and I'm very grateful to say now with what I've learned, I can be her husband now. And we've learned that communication, you know, and there's times even in the early stages of her sobriety, 
she would say, we need to talk and would sit down on the couch and she goes, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to listen. Yeah. Just create space. And I'm like, you got it. And I would do that. And it gave her that chance to say what she needed to say. And I started learning that when she acted, and one thing too that I learned, us on the other side, people, we can have triggers too. Because there was still times where a certain action or a behavior came and those flashbacks were like that. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, holy shit, she's drinking again. You know, and I'd start, when I'd start having those moments, I started realizing, okay, when this happens, this is how I feel. Instead of, why are you doing where I'm attacking her, mm -hmm. saying it's her fault, I started realizing I'm the one that's having the issue, not her. I need to at least let her know where I'm coming from because if not, she's going to feel attacked. She doesn't need to feel attacked. She's already battling a battle that's very, very tough that we know nothing about. And... Yeah, things just started changing, and it took it took some time, you know. And we've still fallen backwards here and there, but we we've, we've got enough n knowledge now that we're able to reel ourselves back in. You said something there that I thought was pretty profound, and so I just want to echo it and, and put it out there for the listener. If you're in a relationship with somebody, it's great to be their partner. It's great to be their significant other. Don't try to be their therapist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, For that's sure. caused problems in me and Mandy's relationship when I've been there and, you know, we have an open relationship, you can share anything and then later I'll have resentments about, about it. Right. Mm -hmm. In the moment, I'm just being a, a good person and creating and vice versa. Right. Like if you have some deep stuff that you need to get off your chest, go seek professional help. Yeah. Right. Like it's good to have friends. It's good to have significant others, but there's nothing like sharing in a space where it's just going to stay in that space with a third party person that has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I love it. Thank you guys so much for coming on here. What is the yeah. best thing? We got about a minute 30 left. Okay. What's the best thing about being in recovery? Um, I don't wake up hungover anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy all the time. I love yeah. it. What about you, Al? Oh, just the relationship I got back with my wife. You know, um, she's helped me through a lot of this too. I, I mean, really. And all this time I, I was wanting her to say, I, I'm sorry, I forgive this or I forgive, you know, for doing mm -hmm. all this. And I've realized it was a lot that it was me that I needed to forgive myself to help her. And the relationship that her and I have now you know, is just, it's really, it's incredible. And the addiction it's has not taught me a lot. like anything we've had before. Yeah. And, and we were talking about that on the way down here. It's like, we have a healthy relationship. I've never in my entire life had a healthy relationship, whether it be with my mom, my dad, my kids, my siblings, whatever. And we, it feels good. It feels yeah. so good it's to great. be in a healthy relationship where the judgment's not there. Um, Life is just easier. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, listen, good luck with that summit. Thank you. Give him a plug. You got 10 seconds here. Plug. Um, Hilton Gardens, or not Hilton Gardens, Dixie Convention Center. Tomorrow. Dave, Dave DeRocher tomorrow from 1 to 5. Dave DeRocher, Mallory Roosh, and myself are all speaking about addiction. Thank you, guys. Check us out next week for episode 94.
Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.